You're listening to the North Richland Hills Baptist Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to nrhbc.org. Wow. Quran. Son. And he's just getting started. Tell you what, what a joy it is to be with you guys. I tell you what, in the midst of the last year, you need some seasons and times of refreshing. And I tell you what, I needed you way back in March. (laughs) You got some CDs or cassette tapes out there? Son, I need need to put you in. I I need to listen to you. I tell you what I have done in the last uh, year when I need refreshment. Sometimes I'll take this phone, which I keep on me all the time. Laurie gets on me, you have the phone all the time. You are married to that phone. You live for that phone. I said, woman, submit. I tell you, I, I don't know what I'd do with that. I've learned how to, you know, clip, find little clips and have to entertain myself and refresh myself sometime. You know, I'm supposed to be on the road entertaining and refreshing other people. Well, I've got to be refreshed. So there's time. I've learned how to go on YouTubes and all those kinds of things. Y'all know what I'm talking about, YouTube. I've got a channel, honey. I've got a channel. And I'd watch Billy Graham, old Billy Graham clips, just to refresh me. I'd watch Billy Graham. Now, some of you, you know, you're young, you don't know Billy Graham, but just, uh, let's see, was it three days ago that uh, he went to be with Jesus? Uh, and I would watch Billy on, the, on my camera over and over and over when he was younger, when he had that youth and vitality like Scott Mays. I'm going to tell you about Mays. Now, Ezekiel, there was a wheel with inside of a wheel. And he's a maze inside of a maze. And y'all called him anyway. <laughs> but he's from Arkansas. And God bless you. And we love you forever and ever. And I'd just watch one after another. And then I'd flip over to another one. David George, I'd flip over. And Brenda, I'd watch him over and over and over. Even in those latter years, uh, when his voice sort of changed, he got older. He, wa- he wasn't that strong, Billy Graham, any longer, but his voice, he was still Billy, and his voice was weaker, but he was still Billy Graham, and I would get to be with him and do stuff with him, and when I did, he refreshed me. Uh, some of you know the story. Joy, you, you, that, man, that row is a wild row. That whole row. Look, those two men on the end, they just... They're just bookends is all they are. (laughs) They know they can't control them four women right there. The steel magnolias. (laughs) Look at them. They want to be holy, but they know they're not. Uh, But I would be with Dr. Graham, and the first time I said, Dr. Graham, I hope you don't mind me imitating you. We were eating supper, and he leaned over and said, you could take over. And just... (laughs) Being with Billy Graham. Oh, I remember that night. I was so refreshed that I called my little Laurie, my honey love. And I said, and she goes, hello. You know, you know how you ladies can be, hello, 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 perky. Hello. You know, we didn't have caller ID, so hello. I said, baby, it's your man. Huh? <laughs> I mean, don't get too excited. 
I said, baby, I've been with Billy Graham. I've got to tell you all about it. She goes, honey, when you get home, you can tell me all about it, okay? I said, baby, I've got to talk now. I'm about to bust. I've been with Billy Graham, my hero. This was in 2000. And I said, I said I've dreamed about this, and here I've had this, this opportunity. It was my first time to be with him. I've got to do other stuff down the road, but that was my first time. I said, I am about to bust. She said, well, when you get home, you can tell me all about it. I went, good night. But I just, you know, I didn't hang up, but I waited until she hung up, and then I, I hit that button. <laughs> I hit that button. So I knew what to do. I called my mom and daddy, Floyd Leon and Pauline Bernadine. Some of you have heard me talk about Floyd Leon and Pauline Bernadine. My daddy went to be with the Lord in 2012, but my mama, Pauline Bernadine, is still alive. She's at Buckner Green Ridge, independent living in Austin, Texas, just off of I-35 in Breaker Lane, 91 years old. I get her Alfred Dunner outfits. I've noticed a few of you ladies have some Alfred Dunner on don't you ain't showing out you got good taste get you some little blouse little jacket and the britches are elastic just woo woo they just, woo, woo. They just work with you they work with you now i love my little mama she's sharp talk to her today she's just a sweetheart is what she is she said i've had both my shots and no consequences i said well i'm glad now i'm able to to have a visitor to come in with a mask on and can come to my room and check in and they shoot you in the head to take your temperature. That's a minor sacrifice, you know. Just, I said, well, Mom, when I, okay, now that it's, man, she's been locked up since March and stuff. Now, I've been down there to see her, but you know how Austin, Texas is, you know, just, I mean, sometimes I call to talk to their people, and I just, I just say, I'm a, I'll, I'll be Bill Clinton sometime, just say, hey, I know it's against the rules, but I need to see Pauline Bernadine. <laughs> Hillary says it's okay. You know, I mean, a little humor. <laughs> oh, lighten up, people, lighten up. <laughs> but he, I said, well, Mom, I'm so glad. Well, you know, after the shots, we had to wait seven days, and now, you, you know, people can come. I said, well, Mom, I'll, I'll try to come. Said, I'm not telling you this for you to come. I just wanted you to know. <laughs> it reminds me of during the summer I was talking to her, and she said, you know, there's people that come and look through the windows at their loved one, and just they look at each other, and they talk, you know, on a phone through the window. I said, well, Mom, I'll be, you want me to drive down there? I'll, I'll, I'll talk through the window. No, I'm, you don't need to drive down here. I'm just telling you what other people do. <laughs> but I remember way back then calling my mom and dad, and, and my daddy answered the phone, old Floyd Leon, Mainer, Texas, uh, raised as a sharecropper, working man. Uh, 6'2", 220 in his prime, 36th Infantry Division, T-Patch at Texas, 21 years. Fast-pitch softball when they played fast-pitch. Hurled, they called him the hurler. I love my daddy, good man. Hyde Park Baptist Church. You know my daddy, you know Pauline Byrne. My dad was in charge of the tea on Wednesday night supper, and that's huge. 
church. I snuck back towards the kitchen and I watched people in charge of the tea. I saw one man, he was back there, he was supervising, wolfing down Olive Garden while he worked. But I didn't say much because don't put a muzzle over the ox's mouth. My dad was a good man, taught Sunday school. My dad was an usher at Hyde Park Baptist Church. My mama taught third grade 52 years. Pauline Bernadette. That night I was so thrilled, my dad answered the phone, hey, what's going on? I said, Daddy, I just wanted you to know I've been with Billy Graham tonight. He's been all over the world. He's been all over the world. I said, Dad, I was with him tonight. He's been all over the world. <laughs> I said, Daddy, I, I don't know if you're grasping this, but I, I ate supper with Billy Graham. I've been with Billy Graham. I spoke for Billy Graham. I did Billy Graham. He's been all over the world. <laughs> then my mama chimed in. Where are you? Where are you? Mama, I'm up here. I did a thing for Billy Graham. It's on your refrigerator. My schedule's on your refrigerator. My dad comes back on and says, We have things to do too, son. <laughs> I said, Well, that's where I'm at. I, I, I just finished eating supper and entertaining and speaking for Dr. Billy Graham. And then my mama said, Did you do Billy for Billy? I said, Mama, I did Billy for Billy. Oh, you did Billy for Billy. I did Billy for Billy. Oh. And then I was so thrilled, you know, to tell him, I want to tell him about everything, about how, what we talked about, and, you know, just a dream come true, to be right next to Billy Graham, my, my, my hero. Uh, and then my dad said these words. He said, we had three-quarter inch of rain down here. <laughs> what, what, Dad? We've gone 20 days without rain down here, and we got three-quarter inch of rain. I thought, I've been with Billy Graham, <laughs> and I'm getting a weather report from Floyd Leon. So I wanted to turn the conversation you know, back around to my Billy experience, and my dad cut me off again. Uh, he said, we better button this phone call up. This is long distance. I said, Dad, I'm on my cell phone. I said, I got more minutes than you could ever dream of. Back then you had bought minutes and programs. I got more minutes than you could dream of, Daddy. And you know what he said? You're going to get cancer in your ear. <laughs> I mean, so all I did was I said, all right, good talking to you. Hope you get some rain. And you know, when they were, the great generation, when they were done, they were done. He went, all right. Just, just hung up. I remember, I remember after, after he hung up, I thought, doggone the great generation. You know what? They're always so close to right. You can live with or without a celebrity, but you can't live without three-quarter inch of rain. Showers of blessings. Showers of blessings we plead. Oh, for the showers we plead. In other words, we need times and seasons of refreshing in our life. And that's, that's good. That's okay. Now, I, you can look at me and tell I love refreshments. I wore black so I'd look thinner. I mean, this little sweater covers a multitude of sins. I mean, right, I mean this little sweater is so awesome. You can't see the belt buckle being turned over. 
You know what I mean? It, not to try to be, you know, too visible, but I mean, there's a, there's a crease and, and a long hickey right there. You know what I mean? It's, uh, oh. But to be refreshed, I love, I love to eat. I, you know, I'm tempted back there to eat. I was tempted, but sort of held back. Uh, I love desserts. Uh, you know, it's well known. I love Little Debbie Swiss roll cakes, 300 calories, 20 fat grams for 75 cents now, but uh, that's stewardship. Uh, <laughs> Bluebell ice cream, every bite of Bluebell I eat, every fat cell in my body does a hallelujah chorus. I just get happy <laughs> in the Lord. But I love all those refreshments. But people are the best refreshments. People refresh me. People refresh you. Once again, my mom and my daddy, uh, after he died, I, I said to my mama, uh, they'd been married 63 years, and that's, that's been a while, you know, been nine years ago. I said, Mama, what was daddy like when y'all dated and everything? And she said, I would have never asked my mother something like that. <laughs> I said, well, I, I know, Mama. I, I know Daddy's a good man, but what, I just want to know what was he like when y'all dated? Well, he was very aggressive. <laughs> deacon Floyd, well, he wasn't always a deacon, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I said, Mama, did he kiss you on the first date? Right on the mouth. <laughs> Took my breath away. I asked him where he learned to kiss like that. He said, siphoning gas at Fort Hood. <laughs> I finally got that man on row four right there. I got him on that one. He's having a flashback. He just gave me a, he just gave me a thumbs up. If two be in agreement, so be it. Amen. People refresh you, you know. During this COVID thing, man, I, you know, I watch a lot of television, you know, I mean, just, I mean, Laurie, she's working. She can work, 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 work. She can, she has projects. She can do things. She never rests. I bet I can sit there and do nothing. <laughs> and that's a spiritual gift right there. <laughs> because I'm thinking, ma'am, I'm thinking. But I have that channel changer and I'm watching at my age, uh, this is what I, this is just my testimony. Uh, gun smoke, gun smoke, gun smoke, Andy Griffith, Andy Griffith, Andy Griffith. And I know it's for us old people because the commercials, there's Pat Boone looking at you going, hey, have you thought about a walk-in bathtub? <laughs> I looked into, I looked into one, 15,000 bucks. Let me pray about it. No. <laughs> I'm just going to splish, splash, take a bath, you know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, my wife told me, you don't need that. You don't need it. <laughs> well, she dies before me. I may buy one. <laughs> I love you, baby. I love you. <laughs> People refresh you. you know, I watch Andy Griffith's show. I've seen them all. I've seen every one of them. I've seen every one of them, but I'll keep watching it. Oh, Barney Five. Oh, has anybody seen Thelma Lou? Oh, she's the cutest little thing you've ever seen, you know? I watch old boxing matches. Howard Cosell, no doubt about it. Muhammad, what about Smoke 
Skin Joe Frazier. I want him. I'm going to whoop him. I'm the greatest. Do you hear me, Colin? I'm the greatest. Are you good? You sing, but I can move. I could get you. I could, I could win you. You could outsing me, but I'll outbox you. I mean, I mean, I just, I love I, flashbacks. I love people. They, they, they refresh you, but uh, just regular folks refresh you. Dear friends refresh you. You know, I'm refreshed just coming into your church. You know, the history of your church. You've always been a, a great church. You can always sing your choir and everything. You know, I even noticed y'all have a little light on the drummer in, inside the cage. <laughs> you know, one, one day they'll take the plexiglass down and just let him loose, but <laughs> it'll probably be a few more deaths before that happens. I mean, I'm just giving you what my prophecy is on that. <laughs> oh, Scott's going, let's not go there, let's not go there, let's not. <laughs> yeah, I've always been a good, and you know what? You got one of God's best. You got a good pastor. You got a good leader. You know what? I, I, I texted uh, my buddy, Frank Harbor, who's a dear friend of mine. He's like a little brother to me. And he's always talking about Dr. McDowell, you know, always talking about him. And so I took pictures, and I took a picture of you, and I sent it to Frank while I was down here in the front. As y'all may have seen me, I take my phone. I take pictures sometimes during the service. I got a picture of you, Quran. I got you, buddy. <laughs> and I sent it to Frank. You know, what, you know what he said? This is what he said. Dr. McDowell and Scott Mays, there is some firepower in the house. That's what he says. I hope y'all realize who's sitting next to you and in front of you and behind you, God's family of faith here at North Richland Hills. You have something special. Uh, don't take it for granted. Of all uh, the refreshers in the Bible that I, I just love uh, is, is in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. So get your Bible, turn there while I'll take a little swig. It's water, ma'am. I just said swig to shake, shake you up and make the Episcopalians feel happy if they're visiting or something. But anyhow, a little humor. That's an old joke. Uh, but 2 Timothy, and I love this. Uh, back up a little bit. Paul is writing a letter to Timothy. He's encouraging a young pastor. You know what? I pray that we'll always encourage young pastors. You're saying, well, Brother Dennis, uh, who's young? Uh, well, anybody 10 years younger than you. What about Danny? Yeah, go ahead. You got to, yeah, encourage him, you know. Some of us, but especially the young, the young ones, you know, the, the millennials. I'm learning to love and appreciate the millennials. My two boys, my youngest one, Dusty, he and his wife, Brittany, uh, became great with child. And they called us, and, and we met them at the Cattleman's Steakhouse. You know, I said, where do y'all want to meet? They said, the Cattleman's. I went, good night. <laughs> I had to call Dean Hancock and get a loan <laughs> just so I could pay for the thing. <laughs> get down there, big old steaks. And they said, and they're going to tell us what they're going to name our first grandchild. Now, he's uh, about 27 months old now. And they said, we're going to name him Andrew we like Andrew and James because we like the book in the Bible. And, we're, and Floyd, 
my da- put my dad's name in there, Floyd. You know, I want to go Floyd. Don't do that to my grandson. I love my daddy. I love my daddy, Floyd Leon, but Floyd? Laurie put her hand on my leg underneath the table immediately like, don't say nothing, don't say nothing, you know. We don't, you know, don't want to offend a millennial. Just go along, fake it for Jesus, just fake it for Jesus. So I did. I went, oh, man, all right, Andrew James Floyd Swanberg. All the while I was thinking, will that fit on a birth certificate? (laughs) And then all of a sudden he said, we're going to call him A.J. Hallelujah. (laughs) It could have been A.J.F. (laughs) Can you imagine? Hey, A.J.F. Well, then, then, it wasn't long after that, uh, all of a sudden he calls and he's trying to be spiritual. He said, Dad, and he was shook up. He said, Dad, we're going to have another one. I went, are you kidding me? You can barely feed this first one. Of course, we take, take him, you know, babysit, you know, a couple of days a week for free. Uh, <laughs> We, we buy baby food. We have diapers. We have it all. They bring nothing but the child. They just bring us the child. We have it all. And then another one. So, and it's going to be a little girl. You know what they, they told us? Maxine. Maxine. Is there a Maxine here tonight? Maxine. Is there a Maxine? But I just went along and went, great. I love Maxine. And you know what? We do love her. We love her. And we call her Max. I call her Lady Max. I love that name, Maxine. Isn't that funny? But we want them to come for Thanksgiving and Christmas, so we pay for everything we can. We, we loved them so much they moved to Granbury, where we live. They can drop them off anytime. We need to encourage the youngest, the young couples. We need to encourage them in these days now that his day is drawing near. And he's writing to Timothy to encourage the young preacher. Hey, you got a good mom and you got a good grandma and you got a good mama. Family. You can't beat family. And, and the family of faith. And he said, listen, I want to encourage you, and I want to teach you a little something about refreshing. So I want to tell you about a friend of mine named Onesiphorus, who's in your church at Ephesus. He's my buddy. He's my friend. He's my dear friend. You know, I, I wrote a, a little book about 10, 11 years ago called The Man Code. Most men don't have three best friends that can keep their mouth shut. You realize that? Most men don't have three best friends. Most preachers don't have three best friends. I mean, to have three best friends. You know, there were times Jesus told uh, James and John and Simon Peter, I'm going to tell you something I don't want anybody else to know about it. Hello? Remember? 
I mean, you need some confidentiality sometimes. I've always believed that, that Lazarus might have been Jesus' best friend because we don't have one word in the Bible from Lazarus. Uh, he couldn't get a word in edgewise between Mary and Martha, but he knew how to keep his mouth shut. I think he was a close friend, if not maybe the closest. You need a buddy. You need, you need girlfriends. You need the steel magnolias. You need some buddies in your life. And I saw Luann Freeman come in. You know, her husband, Wade Freeman, was like a big brother to me. You know, he was an encourager to me. Uh, I remember when I was filling out, you know, stuff, they were asking me about being pastor at First Baptist Saginaw and all this stuff. Do you do this, do that? And I started to say, well, and I said, you want me to write that down? He said, no, just don't write it down. Uh, But I was safe with him. He was a man's man. He was a godly man, but he was a man's man. He was my friend. I could trust him. How many do you have like that? That even take stuff to the grave. He said, Onesiphorus was my friend. Look there, verse 16. He says, uh, may the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus because he often refreshed me. He often refreshed me. It was the common denominator of his life. He refreshed people. Do you refresh people? You know, I try to refresh you. I try to go here, there, and refresh people, but I'm not always the best refresher at home, am I, Laurie? Look at her, just biting her lips. <laughs> I'm, I admit it. At home, I can be a, a basket case. I'm not made for home. I'm made to be on the road. I remember when March happened and then April and May happened and I had a counselor friend call me in like in, in first of June and she was with her husband driving and Lori and I were driving. She calls, I put it on speakerphone. She said, uh, how are you doing, Swan? I said, I ain't doing good. I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not made to be at home. I, I, I'm hating this. Cancellations, not getting to go and do what you, you feel you could do. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. She said, you know what she said to me? She said, you're going through withdrawal. You're used to the road. You're used to the stage. You're used to the pats on the back. You're going through withdrawal. You're detoxing. And you know what? She was right. It's been a long detox. Let me tell you, 12 steps is for all of us. We could all, it'd it'd be great for all of us to do the 12 steps in our Sunday school class or our life groups. What do y'all call them? Connect groups or something? All the above. above. Praise the Lord. Well, you're a winner. (laughs) That's why you've been here so long. You know, just keep on keeping on. (laughs) He often refreshed me. You have people that refresh you in your life. You know who they are. You know, if you're going to go to a party and you find out someone's coming, you go, are they going to be there? Oh, my gosh, we are going to have a good time. I remember when I was a pastor for 22 years. I left the pastor in 1995 to do what I'm doing now. Free at last, free at last. Thank God I'm free at last. <laughs> I've been to the mountaintop. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm just, I'm, I'm broke. I'm not going to know where much to go. I appreciate y'all having me. But, but, you know, I remember those business meetings where, you know, someone would walk into the business meeting and everybody's going, oh, Jesus. Oh, gee. And it, they suck every bit of oxygen out of the room. You know people like that? You know, sometimes I just want to say, get a life. And I did a couple of times, and that's when I went into the ministry of encouragement and got on the road. 
<laughs> Thank God for refreshing people. That phone call, that text, that email that you get. To be encouraged when you just need that little, that little pick-me-up. He said, Timothy Onesiphorus. May the Lord always show mercy to his family. Let me, let me tell you something now. Uh, if you're a refresher, I don't know how it works, but God will provide mercy to your family. Amen. He's going to give mercy to re the refresher's family. And I want my wife, my honey love, my little Laurie to be, have mercy. You know, I want my boys, Chad and Dusty, to have mercy. My daughter-in-law, Brittany, my, and AJ and Maxine, I want them to have mercy. I want my little mama, Pauline Bernadine, to have mercy. I want my older sister, Sherry Darlene, to have mercy. Little sister, Terry Lynn, to have mercy. I want my family to know mercy. Laurie's family, the extended family. And I know that if I'll be a refresher somehow, some way, may God, may the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus. Because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. Yeah. I like that song that's out, been out with gospel groups and other groups, Chain Breaker. I, I love that song. Uh, you know, my boys have had bumps in the road, you know. We've all had bumps in the road. Uh, but that, you know, my boys might have had the bumps in the road uh, that you, you sort of go, well, boy, it must have been a big bump. Uh, we, that little book out there, we're very transparent about Laurie's family, my family, our family. Uh, you know, just be careful about being too judgmental. You know, we all have our secrets. I had a lady the other day, she said, I got your book, No More Lies. I said, well, it, it's No More Secrets. Well, same thing. You know what? Here's, here's a crazy thing. As long as your sin is bigger than mine, I'm fine. I'm good. I sort of like it when your sin's bigger than mine. I can go, well, I never did that. Yeah, there's a Hebrew word for that, bakar, bakar, a whole bunch of bulls. <laughs> We're all sinners. We've all missed the mark. Don't get too holy on me or on yourself. Be holy as he is holy. And we strive for that, but we're, that's why we need him. Praise the Lord for him. But I'm sure he, they, they weren't ashamed of his chains. I'm sure there was somebody in the church at Ephesus, some good man that probably went, good night, old Paul. You know, he went up there to Rome and he's so bold. Good night, he got put in jail. And now we're going to have to take a love offering. Good night. Some sweet little lady. If he would be shrewd as a serpent and harmless as a dove, but he's just his personality rubs people. <laughs> and now they're wanting to put him in the budget. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Onesiphorus was not ashamed of his chains. He didn't care you know, what the deal was, uh, why it's come down, that was his friend. That was his buddy. And I'll tell you what I've learned over the years. Michael, you and I both know this. We have friends, and, and then sometimes our friends are talking about you and me. Uh, 
sort of funny, but there were times I didn't, uh, I didn't step into their world like I should have when things came crashing down. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I might have, I might have called or texted or, and they didn't respond, so I went, hey, I've done my part. You know, they can call back. Good night. They got a phone. But I might have should have showed up on their front door and waited for them. I, I learned, you know, you, some things take a while to learn. And I, I hate that. But I'm 67, and there's some things I'm going to learn when I'm 77. And there's some people in here going, wait till you're 87. <laughs> and then there's some people that might be in their 90s right now that are going. Oness <laughs> <laughs> Force went up there. And he goes on and he says, uh, on the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. He searched hard. He worked at it. He was going to find his friend. He went out of his way. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. Now, that little phrase right there, Dr. McDowell verified this. There's some translators that they, this little phrase was a phrase that they used at Jewish funerals. This little phrase right here, may the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. That popular little phrase could mean, and some have believed, I think Dr. Criswell, a first Baptist church in Dallas years ago <laughs> believed it was so. That old Nessa for us died helping Paul. No wonder they said at the beginning, may the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus. And no wonder at the end it said, be sure to greet the family of Onesiphorus. Some believe that he died going to be with his buddy, his friend. Searched hard for him, found him, probably had a little nuggets of gold sewn into his cloth, had to, had to bribe a guard here, bribe a guard there, had to you know, pay for silence, finally made his way in there, and when he did, and Paul saw his buddy Onesiphorus, my soul, what a reunion. He might have brought with him some parchment of Isaiah, maybe just a little roll of, 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 of Isaiah, the Scripture. Maybe he brought a letter from one of the churches. You know, they wrote letters back and forth to one another, the Galatians, the Ephesians, you know, the Philippians, uh, the Colossians, the Thessalonians. They would write letters back and forth. They'd read every word. They cherished them, especially when they were from Paul. But don't you know Paul was encouraged by a letter? I, he might have brought him some herbs, you know, for his health. Maybe and he updated them on what's going on. But he knew, Paul knew, Everyone in the know knew that Paul was about to have his head literally taken off. And it was. He knew it was over. He was no longer just house arrest, sort of free to go in Rome. Now he's in custody and getting ready for the guillotine, if you will, for them to chop his head off. And they did. But in the midst of even of that, in the midst of that pandemonium, 
in the midst of that uncertainty of the day. Oh, Paul, he was encouraging Timothy, encouraging the church, and his buddy came to see him. Wow, he refreshed me. He goes on to say, uh, you know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Back at Ephesus, he was that way. You know, Onesiphorus is that way everywhere. I'm sure there happened to be an, another old boy back at the church going, well, you know, Onesiphorus does a lot of business in Rome, and I'm sure when he went up there to see Paul, uh, he just wrote it off. <laughs> Don't you love those people? You're not writing anything off with Nero. And my dear friend, there may come a day where your gift to the kingdom work of God may not be a write-off. And how will we feel about that? Onesiphorus was forking it over. You know, it costs to travel. It's about 1,000 to 1,500 miles. It depends which way you went from Ephesus to Rome, uh, by land and water or all by land, but whatever it was, it cost him. It cost him to go. But Onesiphorus did it. It's pretty awesome. And the reality is he may have even died doing it. May have cost him his life. Let me ask you something here uh, real quick here. Is there anybody that you would die for? I'll tell you who I'd die for. I'd die for that woman right over there. We get, we get it on. We, we get mad. We get irritated. You know. But she's a good looking brunette. Right now. During the COVID, we had some streaks <laughs> of deep roots, white roots. Oh, I'm just messing with you, honey. She's, she's a keeper, man, 411 going to heaven. I'd die for her. That's easy. That's easy. Thank you. Thank you, brother. You're a good man. And did you see how he clapped? He's clapping for you. And I know what you're thinking. I'm so proud of him, and I have raised him that way. So I'd die for her, die for my boys. I'd die for Brittany, my daughter-in-law. I'll tell you that little old Andrew James, OAJ. How many, how many of y'all have grandkids? You know, I'm just finally getting there at 67. And we, we would die for them, wouldn't we? In a, heart, in a heartbeat. I don't know if this is right to say this. I don't know... I have to check it out biblically. Dr. McDowell, check it out. You, he's still sharp as a tack and got a brain. And, but is it all right to love your grandkids more than your kids? I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm just trying to be clear. I, I love my boys. But I love, I love those my grandkids you know man I'd die for them right now now my mom she's 91 you know so (laughs) 
<laughs> I love my mama. I'll die for my mama. I'll die for my mama. I love my mama, Pauline Bernadine. Love my mama. You know, I have, a, I have an old buddy named Benji Harlan. Benji, Benji, we met at Baylor in 72. He's a music guy and preacher guy. We've been best friends forever. Benji Harlan would take a bullet for me. And I told him a while back I'd take one in the shoulder for him. <laughs> I mean, I'm working on it. To right now, just shoulder. Onessa Forrest may have died. May his family know mercy and grace. What does it take in these closing moments to be a refresher? Well, as we look at the life of Onessa Forrest, you know, uh, you know, do what you can, communicate. In those days, I'm sure he took some letters with him. I mean, write notes to people, encourage people, text them, email them, call them on the phone, write a, a letter is still important. Writing a note is still important. Uh, if you write your uh, millennial grandkids a letter or a note, and even if you want to write them one that you want them to open when you're gone, just be sure to print. Because uh, they can't read cursive. They can't read cursive. But the power of something written is still powerful. Uh, Laurie and I were on a cruise with David Jeremiah. We did, we've done these cruises over the years. We did 23, I guess, with Dr. Stanley back in touch, and then he retired, and so we're out of touch. Uh, <laughs> we still do stuff for Dr. David Jeremiah, and it's a turning point in our life. Uh, and then we still do a lot of stuff with my buddy Robert Jefferson. It's a pathway to victory right there. But we were on a cruise with David Jeremiah, couple years ago we were up there in New England and so we went to a little specialty restaurant and when we got to the little specialty restaurant you know which is 20 30 bucks more Dean I remember when Barbara had her 70th birthday a couple of years ago and 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 you we had a big party and you invited us and a bunch of the singers and everybody I mean they 20, 30 people in there, and I can't help it. I got Floyd Leon in me. I'm going 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, 100, 100. I can barely eat my food going, Dean. Oh, Dean's going, ah. They said, What's your room number? Ah, you know. Uh, but we were in this specialty restaurant, and we saw Kay Arthur with Precept Ministries. And Kay, at the time, was probably about 83 or so. And we hadn't seen her in a long time. And so when we saw her, we just got up and we hugged. And she and Laurie hugged. And then Laurie, we'd just been to Bible study. She pulls out a letter out of uh, her Bible and gives it to Kay. And Kay opens it up. And she starts reading it. And she starts crying and bawling. And, and then Laurie's bawling. I mean crying. I'm talking crying. And I'm going, good night. You know, we paid 20 extra bucks for this meal. <laughs> and... Uh, 
And I mean, that's just a thought. I didn't say anything about that. But uh, <laughs> then, so while they were hugging and crying, I grabbed the letter and I read it. And it was a letter that Kay Arthur had written in 1988 to encourage my little sugar babe. And she had it in her Bible all those years. You go, and you didn't know it? Well, I don't go through my wife's stuff like she goes through mine. <laughs> I don't go through her stuff. But while they were crying, I took the Bible, and I thumbed through it, because I write notes to her all the time. Not one note was in the Bible. <laughs> Not one. Not one. Not one, babe. But you know what I learned that night? The power of a letter. Who do you need to write a letter to? Now take your time so they can read it. You know, if I was to tell you that I found a letter that was for you that was from your great-grandfather that he wanted you to have, and he wrote it maybe before you were born, but he wanted you to have it one day, wouldn't you want to read it? Do we realize that God's book is his letter to us? Every morning when you pick it up or during the day or in the evening, you got to have it. I don't care if you're an entertainer, humorist, comedian, preacher, plumber, lawyer, banker. You need this word, school teacher. This word is everything. What you believe will either see you through or won't see you through. If you want to be a refresher, you know, you got to give your resources. You know, he gave up his resources to go up there. I mean, who knows what that cost him and stuff. But he didn't mind. He, and so when you can, you, you do that. You help your loved ones when you can help them, you know. And you want, sometimes you want to control them a little bit. So instead of giving them cash, you just you give them a gift card. So they have to go to Walmart. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, you, you help people when you can help them. Be sensitive. Look around. And, and listen, your, your kids don't need all your money. Maybe, maybe you need to help someone else's kids. Well, if I do that for one, I guess I'll have to do it for all of them. No, you don't. You do it for whoever God tells you to do it for. You know, I remember when I told, uh, I learned this from my daddy. My dad, he called me up years ago when they first come out with Bible and sermon helps on a computer, you know, with Radio Shack, I think it was, or something. He said, what have you heard about that? I said, well, I told him about it. I was in seminary. I mean, I could use that program. And he said, I think I'm going to get that from my pastor, old Bob Bender, Windsor Park Baptist Church, way back there, Bob Bender. I said, well, Dad, uh, you know, I'm your son, and uh, I, I could use it. He said, well, you got some deacons. <laughs> so you're going to get him that, and you're not getting your own son? Well, like I said, God told me to do it for him. He didn't tell me to do it for you. You know, they would never keep both our boys at the same time. They'd always say, just one at a time. I think they enjoy it more that way. <laughs> we want to go to San Antonio and have a honeymoon. We'll keep one of them. 
Remember, babe? You know, nowadays, we would never do that. You know, if they said, would you keep out of them, we would say yes. Oh, yeah, and then when they got off the phone, can you believe they asked us to take those <laughs> But back then, Floyd and that general, we will all take one. <laughs> well, to heck with San Antonio. <laughs> but my dad and my mom, they would take a staff member's kids, two or three, and keep them the whole week of Sunday school week while the staff member and his spouse went to Glorietta, New Mexico. And that still irks me to this day. I'll tell you what. Now, why am I saying this? Because we just simply need to do what God tells us to do. Whoever it's for. The family of faith. Yes, we love our family, but we love the family of faith. We are family. And we are better together. We need each other. We encourage each other now that his day is drawing near. Just being in your presence, even looking through a mask and only seeing the eyes. And you know, that's tough. You know how they come up to you and they go, hey, Brother Dennis, hey, hey Scott. And you're going, okay, could you, let me just see your nose. Uh, you know, <laughs> oh, hey, Johnny. Uh, give of your resources, your influence your time, your input. Go out of the way for them. Take some time out. Recommend them. Help them get the job. Make a phone call. But last of all, most importantly, if you want to be a refresher and you want to refresh somebody, show up. Onessa Forrest showed up. I've had countless people show up in my life and oh, the refreshing that has come. He showed up. He looked, Paul looked up and there was his buddy. I realize today it, it, that's difficult, isn't it? I mean, we live in a world that's fast-paced and we can't do everything and it can't be everywhere for everyone and everybody, but thank God for those people that show up. You know, I've got a Jewish buddy that he died, and part of it was COVID, and I'd been working on him for years and years. He's read every book of mine, and, and uh, I, I've, I've always been bold to witness and tell him, you know, Paul, I mean, uh, you know, am I getting closer? And, and sometimes he'll say, you know, well, Hades, yes, I think. You know, Hades was the Christian version. Uh, he he just rough as a cob. But I remember when, Remember, honey, when, when Dusty was in trouble in Mississippi? I had a church that had four or 5,000 people in it, you know, that I'd pastored. But you know who was in the room with us and walked through what we needed to do with our son Dusty? And stories in the part of it's in the book. Paul Aaron. I'm going to tell you something. I love. And I miss 
Paul there, my Jewish buddy. He showed up when no one else showed up. And I understand. You can't be everywhere for everybody. You just can't do that. I wish we could. Aren't you glad that Jesus showed up? Showed up at Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. Showed up when Jesus was in the temple just asking questions. I mean, everyone just marveled at his questions. Aren't you glad he showed up in the upper room? Showed up on the Sea of Galilee. Showed up for Simon Peter. Laurie and I were talking about, aren't, don't you know that Simon Peter was glad he showed up when he hollered out, save me, was walking on the water and he pulled him up. And then again in John 21, you know, Jesus showed up even after the resurrection. I mean, uh, he showed up. Don't you know the woman at the well was glad he showed up? And he knew that she'd been married five times. You know, there's been times in your life and my life where we're going, well, now, didn't they? Uh, I remember now, have they been married two times or three times? I'm trying to remember. You know what I found myself even doing? To show you how holy I am. When Rush Limbaugh died, I just Googled it. You know, I just sort of curious how many times he's been married. You know, he's been married four times. Well, I'm a doggone. And when I read that, you know, you know how you Google anything and everything. Well, so what? God's redemption knows no bounds for anyone and everybody. And I'm telling you, in the world we live, we better start looking through the glass of redemption. Past, present, and future. I wrote a book. I got a book out there, you know, no more lies, <laughs> no more secrets. <laughs> Just testing you. <laughs> but you know what my problem is? The day that it was printed, there's more, there's more, there's more lies. There's more secrets. There's more secrets. Tonight there'll be more secrets. Tomorrow there'll be more secrets. There's oh, you know what? I have to reread it every three months, and I have to realize that even today that I missed the mark, I missed the mark, I missed the mark. And, and, but thanks be to God, it is no secret what He can do. What He's done for others, He'll do for you. He, he's done for me. And He will keep on doing for you. You say, well, what about your oldest son? Uh, Chad, is he married? No, he's not married. He's, he's been divorced for a while, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's had, you know. All right, next question. Well, I was just wondering about that. And Scott still let you come preach? I guess he did. Well. <laughs> Don't you know that Zacchaeus was glad he showed up? It was the first time he had seen a friendly face. Don't you know the Gadarene demoniac was glad he showed up? He had been in two Celebrate Recoveries and three AAs. A couple of rehabs. But thank God Jesus showed up. Changed his life. 
And I'm going to close with this one here. You know, when my daddy died, I love my daddy, old Floyd Leon. Uh, is down there at Hyde Park Baptist. And I, I was down there and had my hands on, the cat, on, on his hands, those cold, embalmed hands. I've touched many of them as a pastor doing funerals. And when I put my hand on my dad's hand, you know what? You, your hands, the older we get, looks like our daddy's hands. It's weird, isn't it? I look at my hands. I'm getting these little hickeys on my arms. I can nick myself and bleed, not even know I'm bleeding. My, my skin is thin. I go to a truck wash. I wash my hands. I'm blow drying them, and my skin looks like Gulf Shores, Alabama. <laughs> looks like tide coming in and going out. Just, and my, my skin's dry, and you can pull it up. Laurie's always wanting me to get my eyes done, and Kay Arthur was always wanting me to get my eyes done. She said, just you need to clip it. You're, you speak on your TV at places. You need all this skin. See all this skin, honey, right there? See that? <laughs> Are you with me? Are y'all watching online? Okay, right there. In, in the morning, I gotta, I gotta, like, I gotta prop it up. I'm just, I'm afraid to cut it, Pastor. I, I'm afraid if I do, sure as the world, when you have me back, I hope you have me back. But when I come back, I don't want to come back and, and, and I'm just going, hey, what's going on? <laughs> I'll have some old boy in the back going, is that Kenny Rogers? <laughs> that was tacky. That was tacky. I had my hands on my dad's hands. You know, that was in 2012. I had been out of the pastor at First Baptist West Monroe since 1995. I still lived, you know, in Monroe and, and what have you. And, and had friends, you know, there, but I didn't expect anybody from West Monroe, Monroe to drive seven and a half hours to Austin, Texas for my dad's funeral. You know, I mean, good night. That's, it's a little much. But I'll never forget when I had my hands on his hands and I turned and I looked and coming down the center aisle was John Ray, Pat Williams, Dix Johnston, and Joe Thomas, my golfing buddies. They got a ticket in Chandler just west of Tyler. $147. And the rest of them always told, they told Pat they'd, ch they'd chip in, but never have. <laughs> and there's, there's a root of bitterness there. I'll never forget. They showed up. I tell you what, I'm glad Jesus showed up. He showed up on that cross. And he showed up outside that empty tomb. And he showed him and showed up for others in those 40 days like nobody's business. And one day he will show up again. But until then, may you and I show up for him. May we be his hands and his feet. May we love like he's loved. May we serve like he served. May we live like he lived. May we be redemption agents 
in a world that we live in today. A light that shines brightly. And some will tell me, I think it's getting darker and darker. Well, I can tell you this. The darker it gets, the brighter your light and shines. And the brighter my light shines. And you say, what about having kids in these days? I say, have a bunch of them. Raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And let them be like a city set up on a hill. And let their light shine to the glory of God till he comes again. We'll show up. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the North Richland Hills Baptist Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to nrhbc.org.